Hey everybody, welcome back to the Monster Baby Podcast. My name is Lisa Rollins. I'm Ted DeMaison. And this episode is a continuation. So this is a part two of a two-part episode. So if you're just joining us now, you might want to skip back to the previous episode wherein the beginning of this conversation happened. Time travel, have, time travel, time travel alert. Time travel. We have two guests on this on this episode. In, it, yeah, in, in, on this pair of episodes is a conversation with Matt Abrahams and Adam Tobin, who are fantastic and teach a class about improvisationally speaking. So that's what that's what's coming up. And uh, Matt's a lecturer at the Stanford Business School, and Adam is a lecturer at Stanford in the Film and Media Studies program, a screenwriter. So they've, they've got lots of wisdom to share, and uh, we had a great time in this one. And yeah, we'll just get you right into it, because you know the drill. But thanks for joining us, and uh, here's another curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Listen. I have a um, I have a different topic if I can turn us here a bit. Nope, sorry, we're on parents for the rest of the day. We've done it. We've, we've come up with the topic. This this way, I don't have to go to therapy this week. Thank you. <laughs> we could. Uh, so you guys have taught together for ten years. You said right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Lisa and I met nine years ago, almost nine and a half. And we, you young whippersnappers, yeah, we first taught together in 2013, so seven years. And one of the things that I've loved about working with you, Lisa, is the way that we collaborate, yeah, and the way that our styles intermix and overflow, and and what we bring to the table when we work together that we don't when we're working alone. And I'm really curious to hear about your experience of collaboration with each other because I'm getting an experience of it when I'm in your class, but like. How did you come to have your manner working together and what do you love about the, what the other person does or how do you help each other out or that sort of thing? You wanna go first, Matt? Sure, so uh, at first I thought it was one, I had never worked with an improviser and I thought it was great because any idea I had, Adam would say yes. And I thought, this is phenomenal. This is amazing. We're going to get everything done. It's going to be great. No, I, it, it, it was, I loved the openness because I had collaborated before in other ways and, and first responses were not always yes. And so that was exciting. Mm -hmm. um, I think Adam and I have developed a, a, a cool way of working with each other. A lot of it has to do with trust that is developed. Uh, you know, I trust him just implicitly, explicitly. I know he's got my back. I'm willing to take risks. Uh, and that helps. Uh, it's, it's really, for me, I have learned so much from him. I think we have this strange dynamic and Adam, I'd love to hear your perspective on it, but I think each of us feels that the other person brings more value to the relationship and to our students. And, mm. and that actually helps us keep going. Um, I, I, and, and there'll be times where, where I'll say something like that and he'll say, no, 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 you actually, you did a great job. I didn't do it. You know, it's really interesting. And, and. I think that's part of what demonstrates both that the relationship works well, mm -hmm. but also serves to perpetuate the relationship. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel that way, Adam? I don't absolutely. know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I do, on a deep level, I feel like Matt brings more to the class uh, than I do because, you know, Matt has, uh, he has some of these best practices. He has some of these like things you should do and studies show and, but also he, you know, he organizes a bunch of the class. He's, he's, you know, I really, I really lean on him. 
and I've just learned a ton over the years. And so now it's like I kind of know his shtick, but I'm always relearning it when he's representing it mm -hmm. and and hearing it in new ways. And yeah, so I do think there is it's it's more than just like a respect that allows us to work together. It is like we really I, I really esteem the, the teaching he does, the work that he brings. And I feel that from him as well. And it and it does mean, you know, basically we, we've done this long enough that if any if one of us goes down a certain path, we're pretty sure that either that is going to be OK or the other one is going to support that or. Yeah, I, I think we've just it, it's been a mutual appreciation society that has built over, you know, mm -hmm. more and more. Mm -hmm. time. I should say, I mean, Matt, I don't know if this is like cheating on you or something, but I've, 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 <laughs> uh -oh. I've uh oh, wait a minute. Wait, do I need to say? Yeah. Um, no, I've co-taught with other people as well. Um, oh. And oh. Matt. How dare you? Yeah, I don't know if this podcast is the best time to like help say that for the first time. Uh, it just feels like a big bomb to drop. Uh, oh my goodness. We're going to edit this segment out, right? Is that right? <laughs> as I scream and yell at you. And and they have been good experiences, but but it is, I mean, some of it is just the improv mindset of of making your partner look good and saying yes to things. But but what develops over time is really like an un, unspoken kind of simpatico language. And, mm -hmm. um, and that takes time to develop in, in other co-teaching, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So Matt and I, I think, are at a different point in it for having done this 10 years. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it just because I'd love to hear from both of you, uh, Ted and Lisa, about your relationship. But uh, uh, some people might not know this, but this quarter we've had to take what we've taught nine years in a row in person and bring it online and virtual. And, and there are a whole bunch of challenges with that. But I think because of the experience we have with each other and the trust we have with each other, you know, we're making it work in, in a way that feels very natural. We have to do a little extra work and we have to reflect on things that I guess we've taken for granted. And uh, that's been fun. But because of the trust we have and, and the way that we, we can work, it, it's, it's actually been pretty frictionless, you know, and, and Ted, as somebody who's seen the results of it, I mean, there are times where it gets a little clunky for sure. But um, I, I can imagine working with somebody with whom I did not have the same level of trust in history that this would have been much, much harder to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I like to tell this one story that just kind of, for me, points out how far we've come is that, you know, when we first, we got introduced by a mutual friend to do this. And I met with Matt and he talked about what he wanted to do. And, and I had a lot of like, oh, I need to protect the sanctity of improv and the right way to teach it and, and all of that. And, and he was talking about the different kind of, you know, goals uh, that students might want to be doing. And I said something about games and he said, I don't know. I don't know if we can say games, you know, they, I don't think they're going to be okay with games, you know, maybe exercises. And I was like, uh, okay. And, <laughs> and, he said, they're games. <laughs> and then he said, well, maybe we should just like script out the first two classes. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm the improv guy. I can't ask you that. I can't script it out. Went home to my wife and I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I just like, you know, and that was our first 
meeting or second yeah. or something. And and now, you know, we do it. And on the one hand, <laughs> Matt's Matt comes in and he's like, so what are we doing today? What, what are we doing? <laughs> and, and on the other hand, I'm the one who's like, can we plan out the first four classes <laughs> Uh, that's how I, I so I'm laughing so loud because if you would see our meetings, Adam's got a Google Doc open and he's typing in everything that we're gonna do, and I'm like, all right, what's the topic? Let's go. <laughs> and so, in the ten years, we've come full circle. I love we it. do call them games, though. We do call them games. <laughs> Adam won on the games topic, <laughs> right? But he is he is much more mindful about planning than I am now. That's great. That's, so funny. <laughs> that's really great. Yeah. So, are you guys finding uh, over your years you've seen an evolution of the the working together? Yeah. I mean, the way that I recall it is that the first time we taught together, it was like, oh, yeah, this works. And then there's just been a deepening of that feeling. And we haven't taught together in a while. It's been mm -hmm. a while since we've taught together. But the feeling that I have is similar to what you're talking about, which is. I totally trust Ted. I generally, I'm like, Ted could do this. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need me. Right. Like he's, he's got this. So this feeling of you're doing the heavy lifting, like right. I'm here to be like, let's do a warm up guy. You know, like I'm like, but, but Ted's got this. So I have right. that feeling of sort of, um, what, what people can't see is Adam and I are both nodding. I mean, we both feel the same way. It's like, oh, he's doing all the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. I think that's a good sign. That's great that you and Ted have that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if he feels that way about me. Maybe Ted's like, yeah, I do do it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got to put the weight belt on. I Somebody's do all this. got to, Roland. Yeah. That's, um, that's why I'm wearing the karate pants. Who wears the karate pants in the relationship? Yeah. <laughs> it, it does strike me that Matt, in our relationship, Matt is. So yes, I'm I'm planning it out, but Matt is a little bit more like, I don't know, on top of things or or needs to be on top of things. Uh, Did you just say I'm anal retentive? No. Is that what is that what was just no, said? I think of it as a real strength. Go uh, <laughs> translation. Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. You're you're an oldest child, and I'm a youngest child. I think of it that. Oh, that mm. could be. That's mm. true. Uh, That's true. Mm. Uh, and I noticed that Ted is you know running the audio. Yeah. and knows you know has, has those levers to pull and lisa's drinking a beer yeah <laughs> it's ginger beer it is ginger a ginger beer, beer. sorry but your but your your characterization is correct <laughs> and a lot and a lot of times ted, <laughs> the joke when ted was like i actually have a few questions prepared <laughs> lisa i don't know if you do and i'm like no absolutely not because i show up to the conversation and i'm like what's here and ted's like well i've actually thought about the outline of this experience <laughs> right like we really are so i think one of the things that that we talk about a lot on the podcast but also that i really reflect on is that we are we are quite different mm -hmm. personality wise sensibilities like the things that we pay attention to are where our comfort zones are mm -hmm. and and we both really see the value mm -hmm. of like that difference rarely is friction like sometimes that difference is mm -hmm. friction but rarely is it friction and mostly it is appreciation That's and right. it's like oh, ted's gonna be good at handling this thing or, or right like there's this um, yeah. 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 And what you what you guys said earlier was there for me from the beginning with you, Lisa, was this kind of trust. And it's one of the most beautiful things for me to have with a friend 
or times I've been in a relationship to having a relationship is like, whatever that person says or does, I'm going to be all right with it. And even if it's not exactly what I would do, I'm willing to live with the consequences because I, uh, it's going to be great. And it might take us somewhere that surprises me in a good way. And so whenever one of us says, Hey, I've got an idea. Can we go down this road? The other one's like, great, let's try it out. Yeah. And then if we mess up, we sort of clean it up together and sort of bounce back up on the horses and start riding again. You know, that's been there from the beginning. And, and I think that we have, yeah, we sort of delight in those differences. And so one of us may be quieter or louder. One of us may be uh, more um, urgent or more patient. And, and it's not always the same one of us who's in that mood, though we do have our patterns. Right. But there's something that happens um, I love the the gender balance too. So when we're leading a workshop, it's one of the yeah. things I'm proudest of that the way we work together, we demonstrate what it means to be a team, a, a man and a woman team and very equal status. It, it feels like to me, I don't know if you feel like I'm sort of imposing anything, but we sort of seamlessly step forward, step back, both shining. We We both step back and let the students shine. And uh, that example feels really powerful to me. And, and like work purposeful. stuff out, out loud in front of students. Yeah, right? yeah. Where it's like, I guess, and the, the thing is like, sometimes one of us will have an idea and be like, I got, I got something. And the other one will be like, okay, but ho- hold on. Like, so mm-hmm. there's trust enough to say yes. And there's also trust enough to say no. Right, right, right. You know, to yep. say, hold, I'm actually, I'm on something. Let me just, you yep. know, like, yep. let, me, let me finish that, finish this out. And I, I also feel the trust to, you know, if Matt goes down a certain road, sometimes he'll say, I'm interested in what Adam thinks about that. Or sometimes, you know, I'm able to chime in afterwards and say, well, that's interesting because the improv version of that is this. Or, you know, so I do feel like there's, I don't want to say there's no ego because I'm aware that we both still have it, but there's no ego in terms of our competition with each other about it or about, yeah, right, you know, right. about about saying anything, doing anything. You're not like, like you're not fighting for alpha, right? It's not like you're not like, who's the who's the boss in this? No way. And, and I do feel like I just esteem, you know, what he does. There are times students will ask questions a lot where they want, you know, like what happens in this situation? And, and Matt will answer and I'll just be like, damn, he just nailed it. He just knocked it yeah. out of the park. Yeah. Um, you know, so it is, that is the great thing about the, the, it's, it's funny though, because I, I think the same thing with Adam, right. I, he will, he will hear the same question I hear and he takes something very different from the question and answer it in a way that I never conceptualized. And, and I, I'm, I marvel at that and, and it's awesome. And the other thing that I treasure so much about the team teaching that we have is, is I am growing as a person and as a teacher and yeah. Uh, Adam, uh, very uh, just just this quarter shared with me a, a, a habit that I have that I, I am trying to break, and it is so hard for me. But one of the things I do is I I will assert things in our both of our names, mm. and sometimes I think I I get because I know Adam, I think I'm covering you know something that he would believe, but another times it's not, and and. He, he shared that with me and, and I have become to notice it. And, and it is such a habit 
and it is so hard for me to break, but I'm really working on it. And I really treasure the fact that he let me know I did that because that was just something I do and I do it naturally. Mm -hmm. and, and I notice I do it not just with people I teach with, but people I live with and my mm -hmm. family and mm -hmm. other friends. And, and, and I'm thinking, gosh, am I really pissing all these people off by, <laughs> by saying we? And, and so it, it actually has been very provocative to me. And that's just one of many examples where I feel like I am becoming a better person mm -hmm. and a better teacher because of the feedback that I get. And, well, and so the, the, that, that's great. The three of us have actually been meaning to say that today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We together <laughs> believe. Yes. Thank you. I, and I felt a little afterburn after, after <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and Matt is really gracious about receiving feedback. And yeah. before I gave the feedback, Matt teaches structures on feedback. And so I thought about <laughs> exactly how I'm going to say this. That's um, great. I learned from him how to give this feedback, and then yeah. uh, and then felt uh, you know a little bit of the afterburn. But he immediately was like, "I do that. I pr really appreciate you sharing that with me. I'm going to work on it." You know and. <laughs> And I, I, I feel like he's harder on himself about it than I am now that he knows. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll send Adam a text. So we'll, we'll like be in the moment of teaching and I will do it and I'll send him a text and say, damn it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but as I teach, it's all, awareness is the first step to changing well, a habit. Uh, and so we're there's doing. one more wrinkle in this for the Monster Baby uh, podcast, which is that I particularly felt it with Ted in the class as a student. Because hmm. right. if Matt is characterizing something and it's not exactly what I feel about improv, right. mm -hmm. then, you know, for the most part, I can kind of be like, ah, let's just let that ride. But if there's somebody in the class who's like an improv practitioner, right, right. I, I right. want to be on the record that that's not exactly <laughs> what I did. So there was this interesting sort of like, you know, um, I don't know. My my speaking anxiety, what I've learned from Matt, is my speaking anxiety is located in people, is who who is in the room, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the situation mm -hmm. goal. See, Matt, I've learned. I, I'm done. I don't need to teach anymore. Adam's, Adam's got uh, it. But, uh, but that's what prompted it. I was like, oh, no, I've got an improv yeah. person in the room. So it's all you. So Ted, I have you to thank for the feedback that Adam thank gave me much. in the structure that I taught. Uh, wow, this this thing is that, that's an amorphous yeah. whatever. Angled uh, web. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, it's but, uh, it's cool that you have that ability to give each other feedback, and and that's something that I think is precious with us too. That we sort of challenge each other on stuff, and so there's that willingness to go there and grow. And then also, I've seen you two do this in class, and I know we do it together of like teeing the other person up for something that they're awesome at. It's like, Ooh, here we go. Let me, I think Lisa's got an exercise. Lisa, will you tell that story about X, Y, or Z? Yeah. And then she just kind of goes, you know, snaps and <laughs> like, yeah, I could tell that one. And then it just is exactly what's needed at the moment. And so to, to be able to challenge each other and also lift each other up is really cool. Sometimes that's also an SOS. Sometimes that's like, Okay, I've run out of things to say, and now Matt's going to talk. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what comes next. <laughs> right. right. That's great. No, I've definitely used that where I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know what's next. And 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 here's Adam because he's going to take this where it needs to go. <laughs> yeah. just, thank you for doing it's that. Like that me. moment of meaningful eye contact. And the, the, <laughs> the students don't know that it's a... Yeah. 
I got nothing. Yeah. Right, right? Yeah. <laughs> but your partner knows that. Right. So, yeah. But that is improv. I mean, that's, I'm a tree, right? People are stuck out yeah. there and they need, need somebody get to get out there. And I always say that contrary to the, like, we should script out the first, you know, four classes or whatever, that Matt, Matt lives like an improviser. He may not, he may not yeah. believe that he is trained that way or lives that way, but but he is incredibly uh, positive, even when you know he he knows he needs to give some pushback on an idea somebody gave or redirect it or something. He still is always positive and constructive. It's great. That's cool. Yeah, I I I am begrudgingly admitting that I am getting better at my improv improvisation, but I certainly do not characterize myself in the same league as all of you. Mm. Matt, have you ever taken like an improv class? Like a I did. Up? You did? Yeah, I, I have taken an improv class many, many years ago, and I was awful at it because yeah. I did all the things we coach people. I, I was in my head. I was trying to be funny. I was, you know, I would love, I mean, I love playing the improv games. I mean, it, I get paid to play games that Adam runs. And Adam knows my favorite game, so he'll like put them in just to make me happy. Uh, but uh, so just I, that I one class again. Just that one class. Just that, yeah, just one class. Oh my goodness! It was through Comedy Sports down in in San Jose. Oh. Um, but I, I would love to do more. <laughs> Lisa, with a like resignation of oh, comedy sports. Yeah, I'm like oh. I enjoy it. I, I and I know I, I I've gotten to know them down there. Um, They're great. I, something I'm finding interesting is that that um, uh, Lisa, you have a cat, and Ted, you have a cat. Yeah. Adam and I do not have cats. We, we have kids. Have, we both have two cats, and you both. Oh, have and we both kids. have two kids. Yes. All right. So. <laughs> I see. I see how this all works out. It's okay. Required that you care for two beings if you're going to teach improvisational speaking of any sort through Stanford yeah. University. That's it. Right. And, and Lisa, we need to let you know that Ted actually talked about throwing his cat um, <laughs> in our class, that, that he was going to actually launch his cat. Uh, we, we played a version, we played a game of yes, let's. And one of the people uh, said, let's throw a cat. And I had this moment of like, ah, I don't want to do that. But I was like, this is the game we're playing. So I mimed throwing a cat and it was really fun. And I told the class afterwards that I had this moment of, I don't want to do that. Resistance like, because you're imagining a real cat. Exactly. But then like having yeah. this feeling of joy after I did it, like, oh, I want to throw another one. <laughs> well, I've got two anyway. I would say, and maybe this, this is like a different can of worms. And I don't know um, if, uh, uh, whatever. But on the... Um, worms are welcome. Yeah. On the like various improv Facebook groups, the like... Applied Improv Network or whatever, you'll see a lot of people who come from an improv tradition that is not about necessarily supporting each other. And so they'll get a lot of suggestions on stage that force you to do things if you said yes to them that were not safe, that were not, you know, a, something you, a story you felt comfortable telling. And so then it becomes a very like defensive place of how do you protect yourself? And, you know, there, there were really interesting posts, I thought in like improv in the, in the context of me too, and, you know, saying yes to all offers. And, um, and it really, I just think there's a spirit of, of working together safely. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, which on the one hand says we're going to go to places and we're going to be okay going to places knowing that I'm not about to steer you into a brick wall right now. But when you teach people to begin beginning with saying yes, and you know, you're asking them to, to give up some control and to, to imagine for just a moment that you're going with someone else's idea. We haven't done it in your class yet, and maybe we will because we're not, we're sort of halfway through, I guess. But one of the things that Lisa and I have talked about on the podcast and have done in our workshops is use the high pitched nope. So if somebody suggests something when you're playing a game, or, you know, what comes next, or yes, let's, that you still have reserved the right to do a cheerful, no thanks, that's, I'm, I'm not interested in doing that. And it's a, I love the way that that checks in with that internal compass and reserves that power, mm-hmm. you know, that agency to be able to make choices. And, and, but it also doesn't blame or shame the other person. It just says, no, that's not in alignment with where I am right now. Yeah, it's like a really tricky thing because I always talk about how we default to yes until it, un- unless it really crosses a boundary for you. And you never have to do something that crosses a boundary. Like you never have to say yes to that. And it is coupled with, we play for one another's delight. Mm-hmm. So like as an, as an actor, as, a, as somebody who's making suggestions, we do that with an eye toward what is going to show this person a good time. So we trust that you are trying to make offers that delight Right. Me and you're not trying to catch me. And there are, th- I do want you to say yes to things that you wouldn't say yes to in real life. Right. I want you to play characters with a di- with different boundaries than you. I want you to throw a cat. Like I want you to, right? Like I want you to explore having different standards, but not if it makes you as a player feel unsafe. Uncomfortable is okay. Like getting you out of your comfort zone is one thing. Right. But, but making you feel unsafe so that you can't play is another thing. And that's like really, un, it's like tricky to navigate because there's times when I'm like, oh, just be okay with that. You know, mm-hmm. like there's, and, and we, we don't want to put people in a place of evaluate, evaluating everything. Like, no, we do have a default, a yes default. We do. You're saying and the, the we as improvisers there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, in this class, and like, we're going to say yes. And of course you shouldn't say yes if it's going to compromise some standard you have for yourself, you know? So yeah. it's just that funny. I think it's I, that, um, the, the like, you know, the quote, and it's in Patricia's book, and I think it's in Johnson's book, which is that people who say no are rewarded by the safety they get, and people who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they go on. And when I first yeah. learned that, it was almost, that the no was pejorative. It was like, oh, the safety that they get. And and now I'm like, well, safety is important sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we deal with people who are, are <laughs> talking about communication in the business world. And and uh, Matt and I once right. were hired at a place where they were like, we want people to speak up more. We really want to hear what they have to say, but but we don't want any stupid ideas because we don't have time for that or any people. We're like, oh, no wonder they're not speaking up. They might get yeah. yeah well it's yeah it's fascinating to me how the, these boundaries can change too like i've got a buddy that i know through the applied improvisation network and she's usually pretty playfully racy with her humor and you know she'll she'll make innuendos and and it makes funny jokes and puts them on facebook and is pretty comfortable with that and she 
posted something this week where she was talking about going into a, a bakery or a cafe. Um, and she said, for a brief 15 minutes, I had a boyfriend. And he, let me see, it was, she had to make an appointment to go into an art shop and it was raining. And so he welcomed her into the shop and said, Hey, you can just go stand in the corner while you're waiting for the rain to end. And, um, and he brought her a, a croissant and, you know, let her use the phone. And, and so she said, uh, he even let me use the washroom before tackling my croissant. And she said, this guy rocked and, and I loved the city where I live. And so she, it was this really sweet, innocent moment. And, um, and she said the experience was self-contained. So I, in that mode of like racy humor, I said, and how was quote tackling the croissant? Right. And, and uh, she said, tasty. And I said, as it should be, I'm always glad to add to my stable of euphemisms. And then she got upset and she was like, it was just, it, it wasn't sexual, right? And I was like, oh, it crossed a boundary. And then we had this little communication and she had recently had something and a friend of hers had suffered some violation. And so what was up for her in that field was like, can we just not have any sexual references for a while? Right. Can we just leave that out of it? And so, you know, here she, normally this is the routine, but like, oh, it has changed. And she was able to say to me as a friend, nope, don't do that. And and we had a little nice back and forth and I apologize. I said, do you want me to take it down? She said, no, we can leave it up and it's fine. But um, but it brought this understanding. So th those boundaries can change and then totally. we need to be responsible and responsive to them. Yeah. Well, I am, we're sort of, I'm aware of our time. We're sort of getting close to our, what we said we would be finishing by, but I'm curious, if, are there any other questions that you wish we had asked you or things that you wished you had said? Or lingering, lingering open topics that you're like, huh, come back to that. Hmm. Uh, Matt, do you have anything? <laughs> so I am constantly confronted with questions about tactics to get ourselves out of our own way. And mm -hmm. I often rely on just becoming aware of the fact that you are, the, the things that we do and we say, and I, I love improv games that, that bring that out. So we see that, we say, like, oh my goodness, uh, that's, that's what I'm doing. I, you know, just quick rapid fire. Do you guys have go-to advice, guidance, activities to help people get out of their own way? My, my biggest thing, I think, Adam, I've heard you talk about this before, is it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Like a lot, of, a lot of the times the thing that puts me in my way is like, but is, it, but, is it, but is this the rightest it could be? Like, is this thing I'm about to say the most insightful it could be? And have I thought enough about it? And did I choose the right words? And how, you know, and, and I think the, the biggest thing that unlocks me is it doesn't have to be perfect mm. like just just say the thing like said is better than perfect you know um and recognizing that i'm still okay even if the thing i say isn't perfect like nobody's asking me to be perfect mm -hmm. and that just like unlocks me there was a i have a show called awkward dinner party that we haven't done in years but well yeah two years maybe um 
before it's a three person show. And so it's like, yeah. all right, yeah. sink, or, sink or swim out there. Right. right. And it's sort of all you, it's like really bare, more bare bones. And before it's, it's when I get the most nervous is in front of that show and standing in the wings, I have like this visceral experience of standing in the wings and I look at my partner, Dave Dennison, and I tell him, I might suck. I might suck tonight. And he goes, that's okay. <laughs> and then I'm fine, right. right? And then I'm fine. It's like, oh, I can suck. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. So that's, that's, uh, that's the thing that helps me get out of my own way. It's like, well, you don't have to be great. Just say, just, just go be, do the best, you know, do what's there. Right. For me, for me it's uh, encouraging myself to be curious or encouraging other people. So uh, whatever it is that I'm trying to do, rather than it having to be a certain way or having to be exactly right, is like, let's try it out. This is an adventure, see what shows up. And then all of a sudden it, it, it gets a bounce to it and, and a kindness shows up and then, okay, good. Now we're, we can just kind of get in here and muck about. And mm -hmm. it's like a magic spell. So sort of, everything we sprinkle the curiosity fairy dust out there and everything takes on a different glow and somehow it's not it's not so heavy and serious and you know uh, it's lovely ordinary. because yeah I, yeah i find that that the thing that that gives me like even as you just said that i'm like oh yeah because especially in communication context the thing that you're the thing that gets in my head is like imagining all the ways that it could go wrong or the ways that, you know, like yeah. Yeah. Using my imagination for evil basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the curiosity is like, Oh, just, you, you, you can't know yet. Right. You can't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll get in there and just and keep your eyes open right. and see what it is. Just see what it is. And it's all puts this distance between like, however that goes as a reflection on me and I can control that thing. If I do it right, this will go well. Right which is really too heavy of a burden. Yeah, the, uh, a woman I know named Angela Lucier teaches speaking with women back in Massachusetts. And that's one of her primary frames that as she's working with women to speak up more, she says, try speaking up and see what happens. Right. And then write down what happened when I spoke up that way and, and try something else the next time and sort of make it this ongoing learning. And then it, sort of loses its it loses its hold over you and it's it's not um it's not this roadblock anymore i love i love curiosity being the antidote to perfectionism i think that's a i'm gonna noodle on that i mm. i i take um sayings like that and really reflect adam on uh the podcast i host said something that I, that i'm still trying to get wrap my head around that i think is wonderful but we were talking about the value of paraphrasing and being in the context of being present oriented and, and Adam had this uh, moment, I think it happened in the room yeah. as we were having the conversation. And, and he said, you know, paraphrasing is a way of extending the present. And that really got me thinking about a lot of things. So I, I love mm. that curiosity uh, is the antidote to perfectionism uh, there too. So thank you for that. That, that was a gift. And, and, and Lisa, I like the, the, the notion that you provided as well. Uh, thank you. You've given me some tools that I, I will use in my own life and hopefully uh, be able to help others with too. Cool. Cool. Uh, you mentioned your podcast, Matt. Uh, would you want to give a little plug? And then Adam, I'm going to ask you if you've got anything to plug to, so we can uh, support whatever you're doing. 
So I was asked by the business school uh, to host a podcast on communication skills. They have had some mm -hmm. success with those of us who teach communication, getting the, the word out and helping people. And, and so um, I did a, a video talk for them. It was an alumni event about four or five years ago that they put up and it was called Think Fast, Talk Smart. So we took that moniker and, and named the podcast Think Fast, Talk Smart. And it's cool. really me interviewing people who have expertise in communication, lecturers, professors, all associated with Stanford and, and many with the, the business school. And we tackle different topics. So I, Adam and, and Dan Klein were on to talk about this notion of speaking spontaneously, uh, talked with others around uh, persuasion, reputation management, taking complex ideas and, and making them more digestible. It's been a tremendous amount of fun. I've learned a lot the whole way through based on who I'm speaking to. And what you guys seem to do so effortlessly is uh, having rapport during a podcast. And in fact, mm -hmm. I listened to yours and Lisa was kind enough to meet with me in a cafe on campus to give me just some insight into how to do podcasting because it was mm. a new uh, venue for me. And, and I've tried to take some of those bits of advice and best practices and put it into it. Great. So think fast, talk smart. And, and uh, can people find it on like Apple podcasts or Google it's, Play? Or it's it... everywhere. So, so Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple right. podcasts, and, and all, all from the business school too. Awesome. Adam, you got any projects going on that you want to let people know about or that uh, get them clued, clued into? How do, they, how do they get in touch with you? If... I mean, um, how do they get in touch with me? They reach out to Matt. And then... <laughs> <laughs> yes, among other things, yes. Chief of correspondence. You're his, you're his handler. Uh, yes. um, well, so I teach, also in continuing studies at Stanford, I teach a class in screenwriting once or twice a year, uh, which is a ton of fun. That's that's you know, my main um, profession. And then I have a new musical that is hopefully coming out. It's supposed to come out in February. Um, we're all waiting to see how everything shakes out and whether Bay Area Children's Theater is the, is the theater that commissioned my first musical, She Persisted, and is commissioning this next one. And I'm, you know, they're struggling to stay afloat. Mm. So I really, you know, anybody who can, who can help support them, um, that's important. Um, they're fantastic. But our next musical is called What Do You Do With an Idea? It's adapted from a children's book of the same name, a New York Times mm. bestseller. And it really, uh, surprisingly to me, it, it actually internalizes a lot of the uh, improv mindset. It's a, it's a child who gets an idea and is and the idea is literally a being. It's a little egg with oh, wow. eggs and a crown and is trying to decide whether to spend time with it and invest in it, show it to its, the child's family and friends and, and, and uh, sort of weather all the, all the criticism that might come with it. And we've made that into a musical. Cool. I love it. So hopefully that will be out in February of 2021 with the Bay Area Children's Theater. And then She Persisted hopefully will be out in theaters around the country once theaters are, are back up. We're also trying to do a, an online kind of Zoom version of it. We'll see if that. Oh, wow. cool. So that's through Music Theater International, which is a major publishing company for theater scripts. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing those. We'll, I'll put some links in the in our 
ep- page for the episode and you know right. people can reach out to both of you if they want to and yeah. check in. Thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun. What a what a fun conversation. It's this is awesome. awesome. We should do this not for a podcast, just for fun. Yeah. Period. I know. So. <laughs> Be great. Yeah. All the different ways to connect. Yeah, you really uh and I'll pop a real beer instead of just a beer. <laughs> I'm buying. I'll be I'm off buying. Duty. But Adam's yeah, paying. Yeah. I was just saying I'm buying, but Adam's paying. So it all works out. Yeah. Beer ordering. Yeah. yeah I'll order. Right. 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 And uh, someday, hopefully, we can even be in person. That would be lovely to yeah. be able to share all this together around an actual table. But uh, awesome. yeah, th- thank you so much, guys. Really a treat to have you, and thanks. Uh, hope to have you back sometime. But uh, it's been we've learned a lot, and great, uh, you've added so much to our listeners. So. those guys super great i I just that was so it was so easy to have that conversation i just really loved it and and they've got these stories and self-deprecation but also confidence at the same time and just this sense of groundedness and and uh i i I thought that it was going to be that kind of conversation because you know we kind of all get along we all speak the same language yeah uh, really great was there anything yeah and I, i i I really loved this conversation that we had that in the second part of this about working together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's a rare, it's a rare relationship. Mm-hmm. And we both seem to, there were a lot of commonalities. They brought up a lot of things that I definitely feel about our partnership. And so that was a fun, it was a fun thing to articulate and hear them talk about right. and really enjoyed that. Yeah, as we were having that conversation, I was thinking about you all, the listeners, and hoping that you have an opportunity to have that kind of collaboration at some point in your life, whether it's with a, a work partner or a life partner, but somebody where you just like, yeah, we got each other's back and this yeah. is easy and there's a nice flow because there's something about that that's it's different from anything else. And it's, it's such a big joy. So it's fun to, yeah, to dive into that a little bit in the second, second part. Yeah, really nice. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and post some information about how to uh, get to Matt's podcast and how to find Adam's shows and all that sort of thing. If you want to reach out to them, that'd be great. I'm sure they'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to plug here, Lise? Well, I don't think so. Shows, improv shows every Friday and Saturday at BATS at eight. Fantastic. Improv.org. Fantastic. Free free of charge, free of charge and donations welcome. Fantastic. And and the the one thing that I'll uh, mention is uh, the playful mindfulness get togethers we've been doing either every week or every other week, but we sort of get together on a Saturday or Sunday and hang out for 90 minutes and play some games, do some mindfulness stuff. And if you're interested in that, uh, either go to animalearning.com and get on the mailing list or head over to the Facebook page for Playful Mindfulness and then you'll see the postings there. So we've had yeah. people from all over the world come join us. It's awesome. I'd love to have you. So cool. Yeah. So, so cool. So, all right, That's cool. Great. Until the next time. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, listeners. We love you. Bye.